With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good evening. Welcome to episode of the Unlimited Podcast, our second podcast of this 2023 season. I am joined by the head coach of the defending APDFL National Champion, Mississippi Dynasty, Nick Blackman. Good evening, Coach. How are you? Um, uh, good evening to yourself. Now, let me ask you a question. You, you see how folks will hop on social media and do a whole bunch of excessive talking. How come that has never been your way or your predecessor, uh, Mike Lloyd's way. What is different about your approach to the game as far as the social media aspect? Well, uh, for me personally and for the organization and what I was brought into uh, before I became the head coach, and we do our talking on the field, uh, talking on social media, talking in general, never won the championship. Uh, I'm a firm believer you got to put the work in. You know, you got to practice, you got to, uh, grind, you got to work outside of, you know, practice as far as in semi-pro. You got to – everything you put in on the field is going to translate, you know, to a championship. You got to have a little bit of luck too, though. But talking never – talking and, and running your mouth on social media never never won us a championship, and, you know, and that's not the way we do things. How did you celebrate the championship? Oh. Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, main thing I wanted to do was um, I wanted to let everybody know on the team inside the organization, everybody that went to war, you know war for us, let them know how much I appreciated them. And um, man, I really want I celebrated with a lot of the you know the guys on the team that I came in with. You know, um, you know we break the dynasty down by certain classes. You know, each year what you know what we bring in as far as recruiting and stuff. And it goes with coaches too, you know. Coaches came in with this class and stuff. So I, I really celebrated with uh, my defensive coordinator, David Cooper, uh, one of my offensive linemen, uh, Demarcus Willock, uh, Chad Dawson, the linebacker, uh, Steven Jackson. Uh, you know, we really just I went out there and celebrated with those guys and let those guys know. Jeremy Judd, I let those guys know how much I, you know, 
appreciated them for, uh, especially for some of the guys, the sacrifices a lot of those guys did as far as them coming back and stuff. So um, it it was it was uh, it was pretty good good feeling. Now, for some of those guys you mentioned, this was that was their last go round. How has this version of the dynasty been different as far as losing so much veteran talent? Uh, it's been it's been a challenge. I, I love challenges. I love coaching challenges. Uh, we have lost a lot. Uh, name a few guys. You know, Roger Gladney, uh, Stephen Jackson, Jay Hicks, uh, O'Keefe Anderson. We lost a lot of on field IQ. A lot of uh, things that don't go in the stat book as far as, in, you know, we – I call a play on offense, and they make a simple adjustment based off of what they see right there in the field. A lot of that is gone. I don't feel leadership. A lot of – it's been a, a struggle trying to – I wouldn't say a struggle. It's been a challenge, but a little bit of a struggle. is finding new leaders to step up because they're so used to those guys uh, veteran presence and their voice, you know, and everybody knows when Gladys speaks or when Steve speaks, you know, or when Judd, OG, they call him, when he speaks, everybody just shuts up and listens. So I think finding new leaders has been uh, a challenge and it's been, you know, uh, it's been it's been a little difficult. But I think we got some guys that, uh, that stepped up. Um, Bobo, Adrian Moore, quarterback, he's he stepped up a lot, you know, as far as in trying to uh, fill the void of, of what we lost. But it's, it, a lot of that on-field IQ, a lot of those guys, like, you know, plugging in a Jay Hicks on offense or defense or, you know, you know Anthony Williams and, and those guys. That now, with Adrian Moore as your quarterback, now this is, you know, he steps in the spotlight again as far as this is his offense. What do you think he's learned from the last, the last uh, playoff game he faced, or the, the last playoff game he played in? What did you think he learned since then? Uh, his maturity has went up. I think he learned a lot about uh, winning, as far as in you know he's a he's a winner. He's always always been a winner. He, he won championships before he came to us uh, on a different team, but I think he realize, you know, that he didn't have to be, you know, bigger than what he is and he could just be what we need him to be for in order for us to be successful. And I think as far as since his last playoff game and now he really didn't realize that it's on him now. You know, it's not it's not gonna be um, you know, a Steve there I can, you know, put there when some like he's, you know, it's fully, you know, he's the guy. And I think his leadership, his maturity, uh, his his arm strength, I think all that has improved. His uh, knowledge of the offense, you know, knowing when to check it down and uh, knowing, you know, when to check to a run or or just knowing where everybody needs to be and reading coverages. I think all that has grown. I think he's taking that upon himself. And uh, I mean, that's the best of the returning receivers, which one do you think will have the have a great season? I should say. Well, you know, he led the league in the touchdowns with twenty. So, 
I think Desmond Sanderford, number six, I think he's going to have a, a very uh, big, big year. I think he's going to have a, a, a great year. Um, I think he has all the tools to be, you know, just as good as Jesus, you know, number nine. So I, I just think, you know, I always tell him it's more so about him mentally, you know, staying locked in, knowing what, what he's supposed to do in the playbook. And, you know, uh, just doing the little things right. And I think he can have a great year. I, I mean, I like a great year. Now, when it comes to – you mentioned Rotavius Thurman, number nine, had a 20-touchdown season. Was that the best season you've seen from a receiver at this level? Uh, Yes, sir, by far. Um, you know, 20 touchdowns, that's insane. And it, it's crazy because he didn't catch – he didn't catch a ball the first game. He didn't catch a pass the first game. He didn't get a target the first game. And we won that game 4 0 last year. And uh, I think he caught three passes the second game, and he didn't even play the third game. So he didn't catch his first touchdown until uh, the fourth game against the King. And I think from that moment, and when we lost, he took it upon himself to step up and, and be the leader, you know, and say, well, you know, I'm going to be the one that's going to, you know, Get us, put us in position and say, hey, well, we're not losing them. He was one of those guys that stepped up and said, hey, we're not going to lose another game. So I think, you know, by far that 20 touchdowns and 1,000 yards, you know, I think that was that was by far the best receiver uh, season I've seen so far, you know, in semi-pro. For the players that have returned, how do you – not so much erase the memory of last year, just kind of keep them focused on the here and now? Well, each I tell them each each year is different. You know, uh, we got a couple new guys. Uh, you know, every year we recruit. You know, we go out and get some new guys. Some new guys ain't won a championship, so our whole goal is to try to get those guys a championship. You know, so you uh, we like to you know look back and we use the previous year and the years we win championships as motivation to win championships for the next coming season. You know, we always compare our championship teams amongst each other and you know we try to rank them you know it's something we just do within the organization you know we'll try to rank our previous championship teams and say well this 2017 squad can beat this 2000 you know 18 squad or vice versa and stuff like that so you know we always try to we always say we ain't more so competition competition with ourselves than anything because it is a standard uh you know it's all about what we did you know um as a, as a whole within dynasty, you know, it's, it's a family, it's a brotherhood, but it is a dynasty. So at the same time, you know, it's more so the pressure from the uh, returning guys or the, the former guys or the, or the veterans that push, you know, that sets the tone for the future, you know, and they let them know, Hey, listen, this is how we do things. This is what we do. You know, Hey, we don't, we're not here. We're here to win. We're not here for all the other stuff. You know, you know, you know, accolades and awards, that's that's nice. But at the end of the day, we're here to try to win rings, you know, and that's the only thing that matters. Now, when we come back from break, I want to discuss your defense and kind of talk about some of your new additions. But that's after this break. You are listening to the Unhelmet podcast on the FPC radio network. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back with the Homer Podcast. Terrence Biggs, head coach of the Mississippi Dynasty, Nick Blackman, coach the defense. I want to talk about first Sam Washington. Sam is not really a talker. Sam's a doer where Sam had one of the better seasons I've ever seen him play. Came in shape, came in a lot lighter than I've ever seen him. Look quicker off the ball. What do you think Sam's secret to his success is? Uh, I think his approach to the game. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't know Sam. Like they don't know Sam. Like you say, he don't talk. Sam a funny guy. He's uh, he's a very funny guy, but he's a very serious guy when it comes to the game of football. And I think his approach to the game is very underrated. And you know. We play Sam inside, but Sam can line up anywhere on the on the defensive line. Uh, it, you know, he, especially at defense end. But you know, I'm gonna hint to that later on. You know, as far as and what we we got some things we want to do with him this year that we're gonna do. But I think Sam's approach is, is is, I mean, his work ethic. You know, how he take care of his body, all that is above that's above par. Now behind Sam, you got a veteran in Corey Wells. What does Wells' veteran leadership bring to the team as far as being able to to inspire the younger players to take that next step? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think Corey brought a lot of toughness to us, uh, a lot of experience, um, a lot of versatility because not only can he play, you know, at a, you know, uh, as a drop linebacker or as a rushing linebacker, you know, or, you know, just or holding the middle by himself, I think, Main thing with him, he he's so versatile and he fits in with this defense. It allowed us to, you know, kind of do some some things different last year that you know we're not always able to do because you know like when we had Hicks back there, Hicks so good in the box and his IQ so smart that you want to keep you know Hicks in the box in the box. But Hicks can play all over, you know. And but when you brought in another linebacker like Corey and then you add in a Chad Dunson and the OG. It just it made everybody so versatile, and he's and that's kind of what Corey, you know, brings to the table for us as far as in this year, especially. Uh, we're gonna move him around a little bit, um, you know, kind of try to put him in a little bit of what we did with Hicks as far as in, you know, like bringing him, you know, letting him play a little bit more freely. So we're gonna utilize his talent, his uh, especially his speed. He, he definitely has some speed. So, and that, that you combine that with Sam eating up double teams, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to be good to go. Now, you had about 12 players from Mississippi participate in the last Super Bowl. What makes the Mississippi football player different than any other state in the South? Ah, <clears throat> oh, man, at least you got to get it out the mud. You got to get it out the mud in Mississippi. I think, uh, you know, Texas is big on football, Florida big on football, Georgia big on football, you know. Alabama, you know, but Mississippi, I get out the mud. I think uh, a lot of hidden gems, a lot of hidden talent here. I mean, it's some dogs in Mississippi, man. It's some dogs in Mississippi. And, uh, you know, uh, 
No, but they say we we country, we cornbread fed. So <laughs> I think uh, Mississippi is very slept on, and when it comes to football, I mean, you know, but it's evidence as far as in us winning games in APDFL. But you you know you look at you know a lot of talent in NFL comes from Mississippi, uh, and that's not a mistake. You know, that's just you know that's 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 yeah, I'm gonna say it's a fact. You know. Mississippi, we hey, we we breeding out those those dogs. Do you think it's a matter of <clears throat> a lot of these players come from a tougher circumstance where they gotta either like they play a little bit harder, or a little bit different because of what they came from? Oh, for sure, it's it's a it's a chip it's a chip on on every athlete in Mississippi. Show. I mean, not saying that any other state doesn't have you know similar circumstances, but you know you look at some of the situations and stuff that, you know, we had to go through or that we had to deal with or, you know, or just prime example, some of the schools, you know, or here, you know, I think it's automatically a chip put on their shoulder. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you got to get out of Mississippi to make it. And, you know, some, some cats, you know, they, they do go out of state uh, and they become successful. You know, I just think, you know, Mississippi in in a way, um, it, it can it can elevate you, you know, or sometimes it can hold you down. But it's about what you do with it. It's all of his motivation. I think it's all motivation to uh to succeed, and it's um it molds you into being, you know, uh a great man or you know an athlete to get up out of here, you know, and, and become successful and make it to where you're trying to go. What's the go-to place to eat in Jackson? The one like everybody has the best food. Oh, uh, yeah, a couple places. Um, let's see. Mm. Well, a lot of uh, a lot of guys on the team. Uh, one of our um, coach receivers for us, Stan Malloy, he got a name and faces. That's a, a very popular spot. Uh, uh, Iron Horse Grill. That's a very popular spot. Uh, uh, you got the Red Zone. It, it's it's it, listen. It's a it's a bunch of good places, uh, for sure. I know they like I know a lot of players on the team like name and faces for sure. That's that's probably is, one of the most. What's the best dish there? Oh, when I ate there, I ain't got the tacos on Taco Tuesday, so I love meat like tacos and stuff like that. So, but uh, they got a variety of a bunch of uh, different good food. So, man, anything you go, anything you want, anything you're trying to eat, you go there, it's, it's all going to be good. So, um, steak and steak, definitely, you know what he's doing back there. So, Now, when Deion Sanders left <clears throat> Mississippi mm. for Colorado and there was a lot of controversy, what were your thoughts when he left Jackson to go to Boulder? Uh, oh, yeah, man. There's a uh, – See, you know, I went to Jackson State, so I got very, very close ties to it. Um, I, I didn't like – I have no problem with a guy elevating, you know, or, you know, moving on to another job. You know, I, I just didn't like the approach of it. But, you know, as far as in, you know, how he did it, but, you know, I, I don't mind him doing it because at the end of the day, you always want to set yourself up, you know, for, you know, the the best job available to you, the best, you know, possible job or whatnot. You know, I think um, 
you know, a lot can be said about some of the stuff he's, you know, the comments he made about, you know, elevating HBCUs and stuff like that. And I, I will say he did shine some light, you know, uh, on HBCUs. And I think some of his wording should have been a little different, you know, as far as in um, and knowing doing research, you know, as far as in HBCUs and, and how budget and financial constraints they are on, you know, a lot of the budgets in HBCUs, you might make, you might have 60,000 people at a football game in Jack State, you know, or the, you know, but you're going to divide that financial, you know, uh, money up between the school and I ain't going to necessarily just go to athletics because you got a lot of stuff, you know, that, that has to be fixed or repaired or a lot of issues that need to be handled. Um, as as opposed to Alabama or LSU or Georgia, where you know you look at that TV contract, they just got I think every SEC school got um what forty thirty thirty or four fifty mil something like that a piece mm-hmm. between each school that goes strictly to athletics though you see what I'm saying like and that's a big difference and I think you know he I think he meant well initially as far as him wanting to create change but I think when he got in there and he seen how much. Is two three years is not gonna overcome, you know, fifty sixty years, almost a hundred years of, of you know, um, you know, oppression as far as into HBCUs and how much the underfunded they are. So, but I think you know, like I said, I have no problem with him going on and elevating his you know his career because you always want to move forward. So last, last question, that. last question. As somebody from Mississippi. Let's mm-hmm. just say you have a magic wand and you are named the head coach of Mississippi Valley State. Fix them. Mm. Mm. You say so. You said if I become the head coach of Mississippi Valley State, fix them. Well, fix them. Uh, whew. that is hard, man. I ain't, <laughs> that that will be hard. I think it take a challenge, but I think it's gonna start with making sure you have guys around you that are committed to the vision and purpose of what you're trying to do. Like you said, you want to fix them. So it's not going to happen in one year. And I think you got to get a lot of guys in there that understand, you know, what you're going to be dealing with, you know, and you got to get good quality coaches, but you also got to get people in support of what you're trying to do. I think, like what Dion did at Jack State, I think you have to take some type of similar, you know, um, a similar ideas of what he had, you know, for, you know, Jerry, reach out to your Jerry Rice's and your Willie Titans and, and, you know, your famous people and see what they can put back into the program. I think, uh, yeah, you're going to have to, and you got to recruit, but it's so hard to recruit when you got, you know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Jack State, Delta State, Alcorn, um, and then, and you know. But, it's in the middle of nowhere, you, too. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. But Mississippi got the best Juco's by far. That's true. And, That's true. And, and you have to hit them. I think the the main thing with a lot of those schools like that, they feel like kids won't come there, but a lot of kids just want opportunities. So you have to kind of. You know, get somebody that knows the area, that knows these JUCOs. And I think you got to go in and get guys that are ready to play, you know, right away, opposed to uh, trying to play the long game necessarily with uh, freshmen. And you build it up like, you know, Deion transformed Jack State because he went out and hit that portal. 
which supporter is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. But if you like you said, we're talking about turning around Mississippi Valley, you gotta hit you gotta hit the portal. You gotta get Juco, you gotta get guys that and you gotta get guys that wanna be there at the same time, but you gotta get guys that, you know, are committed to uh your ideas and, and, and what you you know, what are you trying to do? Exactly. Coach That's Nick tough. Blackman. Coach Nick Blackman of the Mississippi Dynasty. Best of luck during the season. I definitely we definitely will be checking in. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Under Helmet Podcast. No problem.